friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the podcast. The countdown is on to episode 100 that'll be happening in just a few weeks, which is so exciting. For those of you that have been listening on a regular basis, you may have noticed that there was no episode last week, and that was because I lost my voice, which makes things a little bit challenging with a podcast. So super happy to be back and being able to bring you this week's episode. Before I jump into telling you about today's guest, I just wanted to say it was so amazing seeing so many of you at Project Dance Houston and getting to connect and have some fun conversations in person. That was just such a sweet time, and I'm so grateful we were able to connect. Also, if you're new to the show, welcome! We are so excited to have you here as part of the Creative Impact community. Each episode, you'll hear conversations that will inspire and encourage you as you walk out your calling. Speaking of, I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Becca Spurgeon. Becca has such a beautiful presence, and I loved getting to know her through this conversation. She is a choreographer and is the founder and director of Generation Movement, also known as Gen Move, which is a dance mentorship program that exists to train, build, and equip girls in 6th through 12th grade to walk boldly with purpose for such a time as this. I love Becca's vision with Gen Move to combine training and versatile dance styles with character building, scripture study, and teaching foundational life skills. Today, Becca shares about her background, dancing professionally for the NBA, living in Los Angeles as a professional dance artist, where she performed with local companies, appeared on television, did commercial work for Sony, Nintendo Wii, and more. You'll also hear about how she and her husband traveled for a year as missionaries, where she had some unexpected opportunities to use dance. We talk about things like understanding identity, the concept of Sabbath, and experiencing the presence of God in dance. Becca is a wife and a mom, and so we get into some conversation about being a dancer and a mom, as well as homeschooling and some of the fun adventures that they have as a family. This conversation was such a gift to be a part of, and I'm so excited to share it with you today. Enjoy my conversation with Becca Spurgeon. I'm so excited to be here with Becca Spurgeon today. Thank you so much for joining me, Becca. Oh, Rachel, thanks for having me. So it's super fun. It's my first time meeting you, which is so cool, but um, we have some friends in common with Anthony Gurley was the one that reached out to me and was like, you need to meet Becca. She's incredible. And I know I've also had Lisa Kidd on the podcast who I believe you guys know each other as well. Yeah. Literally the two people that probably shaped my life the most. So just really, really cool that you're connected with them. I would say they've had the biggest impact on my identity as a believer. So just, just really amazing people way to connect yourself to those level of people. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so incredible. And I think it's totally the Lord, it is. <laughs> but it's awesome. Anthony, he was leading up a scholarship program. So that's how I met him was when I was going into college and applied for the scholarship and everything. And, and then he's just such a great, like connector as yes. well and stays in touch and continues to pray for us. Oh, and gosh. just such a, such a gift for sure. Really? So 
Yeah. So shout out. Thank you, Anthony <laughs> and Lisa. Yes. Thank you, Anthony. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> so fun. So I would love to let you introduce yourself, Becca, and just share a little bit about who you are and what you're up to these days. Sure. Well, I'm Becca Spurgeon. I'm a choreographer and I've just one of those girls that have been dancing all my life. I really met the presence of God through dance. I was dancing with Lisa Kid Dance and I actually um, grew up in a single parent home with just a super mom that um, one summer found herself without childcare. And so she dropped me off at this precious dance studio where a friend was taking dance over the summer and said, I've got to figure out childcare for this one. Can she just watch? And so I went to watch and I was super insecure. I really didn't look anyone in the eye. I just struggled. I think just not having a father in the home created this hole in my heart where I just didn't understand my true value. And so even having an amazing single mom, there's just a place that only a father's love can fill. And um, I was given a leotard and tights, and I believe they even gave me shoes, ballet shoes. Isn't that amazing? They actually had a little dancewear studio inside of their studio. And EA, Lisa's mom, worked there, and she would lift my head every time she saw me physically lift my chin up and tell me who I was in Christ. And literally, they built my identity from the ground up <laughs> there at that studio. They ended up giving me a full scholarship. And that was sort of history for me. Dance became how I learned to take up space and lift my head and uh, connect with the presence of God. Wow. That's so beautiful. I can relate in the sense that I grew up in a you know, single parent home from five till I guess around 15, my mom got remarried. So for about 10 years there, and it's true, it is, you know, it's a, a struggle because that isn't really how it was designed to be, right? We're designed to have that mom right. and a dad in our lives. And so I think that's just so beautiful how that community kind of came around you and helped to fill in some of those gaps. And then also, I think we'll probably get into it later, but just how God has stepped in in that role as well. And just beautiful testimony. Yeah. I love that. So in kind of the pre-podcast stuff, you described And you even said it a little bit in your intro, just the idea of how you really met God in dance, I feel like, or like experienced his presence and how you had more of an understanding of his power and the Holy Spirit at a young age because of dance. So yeah, I'm just curious, how has that shaped your journey? And maybe you can share a little bit about like those early years and then we'll continue in the the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty clear that Lisa's studio was more than just dance. It was about shaping the entire person. So from the beginning of my first steps, I realized dance is just a vehicle to hearts. You know, like it's the way you get into a heart and you build that confidence and you speak truth. And I really learned more about the word of God in those dance classes than I even did at church because we would declare them through our movement. So we would take authority in the space and we would declare scriptures and I would feel the room change. And I was doing this all outside of the walls of the church. So that was pretty cool, even though I had an amazing church. But what I grew up knowing was that God's not just in the church. He's everywhere. Love that. And so I really had an out of the box view of God from day one. You know, Mm. I mean, it was he's everywhere I go. I get to command his word through movement, through speech, however I want, you know, Mm. And he's going to invade that space because his word doesn't return void. So I got just really excited to know that he's not really confined. I'm a free spirit. So I really found that God was too. (laughs) It was awesome. So great. I love that. So cool. And I love how that shaped your perspective 
for your faith, but also for a movement and just how God can use movement. And I'm sure as we'll probably talk about later, but just, I'm sure that's influenced you as a choreographer as well, I would imagine too. So, so cool. So do you want to share a little bit more about kind of your dance journey and then maybe some of your professional experiences as well? Because it seems like you have had a wide range of experiences, which is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Eclectic is the word I would say. You know, well, my mom, she really exposed me to a lot of cultures growing up. So I went to a magnet school in elementary school. So I was just surrounded by even our main classes were bilingual. So I was learning even math and Spanish and just things like that. And a lot of different types of people and cultures and studying so many different things. So um, she had different kinds of friends over all the time. I was learning origami from one of her friends. I was just just exposed to the beauty of the nations really Mm. at a young age. And so when we would perform with the dance studio, Lisa's dance studio, that she also had a performing company. So we went to the Bahamas, we performed on cruise ships, we were everywhere, we were at Disney, we were, um, they did a trip to Canada, I didn't make that one, I think I had an injury, they did the Olympics even, and we were there to evangelize. So I got to watch so many strong women and men just boldly sharing the gospel. So I really walked in boldness from a young age. And I understood what it was to be set apart. I understood I couldn't influence the world and be like it. But as I got older, I was really advanced in my classes. And I'm sure some of your dancer friends know what that's like. You're like the youngest person in the highest levels. And you just start to feel sort of like, where do I go from here? And, you know, it was just kind of like, do I try a new style? So I was constantly wanting to be more and more challenged. And I think a lot of that achievement was in search of approval, Mm. you know, like maybe if I get good at this, then I can feel that worth or that value. So you start to, you can use dance to almost become like a way to instill identity, you know, a way to feel like you're accomplishing more and more and more and um, it can become an idol. So for a while, dance turned into an idol and I would master new styles. And I went to a classical ballet studio. I thought, you know what I need to just learn? Like I need a good Russian teacher. I need to get, <laughs> just to get that turnout. And, and I, I was a bun head for a while and I really didn't have the body type to be a professional ballerina. So I kind of had to come to terms with, it. I got great technique at the Greensboro ballet in North Carolina, but I knew realistically that probably wasn't going to be my thing. Yeah. And God had created me perfectly, but just that wasn't going to be what he had for me. So I used that training, which was incredible and learned contemporary styles and really dove into expressive contemporary and having that ballet background just really helped me to pursue contemporary in a really beautiful way. And then started studying hip hop, Irish dance, African dance, really, really everything. And I loved that experience in college. And I even danced for an NBA team for a while because I had to constantly level up, level up, level Mm. up to feel like I was going somewhere, you know, to feel that sense of achievement. And I almost found it was empty every time I would achieve a goal, I would realize it goes away after about 24 hours, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have to set it new and you don't feel any different. Right. And so I love the Lord and he, I, I loved his commands. The Bible really made sense to me why we would live his way in order to live under his protection. But I couldn't trust him with my dreams. That was the one place where he didn't have access to me. And it was because I really thought if I trusted him, my life would be boring and he might take some adventure mm. out of my life. 
And I found out later that couldn't be further from the truth, actually. But yeah. <laughs> I had um, I had one night where I was dancing for this NBA team and I loved it because it was a challenge. You know, I was just that girl always seeking challenge and right. the last minute changes and the huge stadium. And uh, to me, that made me feel alive. And I had this night where I had actually mailed my father tickets and he never came to a game. But I knew at the end of that game, he hadn't come. And I just kind of collapsed in my room, a little tiny college dorm. I'm, I'm doing college while doing this team. You know, gotcha. it's a lot. Okay. Achiever, yeah. major achiever. <laughs> and I, I just collapsed because I knew he hadn't come. And I knew that's what I'm achieving for. I finally realized I'm achieving because I want approval and I want the love of a good father. And the presence of God just crashed in my tiny dorm room. And the Lord said, I've never missed a game. Wow. I've never missed a performance. Oh, that gave me chills. Yeah. So he's good. never, he's never not had his eye on you. You know, it's the truth. And so I just fell apart and I was like, wow, I will live for that. I will live for an audience of one from now on, you know, it's for you. And I just surrendered everything. And I sort of knew that was probably the end of my MBA career <laughs> at that point, because I just felt like he said, there's so much more baby girl. There's so much more creativity. There's so much more, more hearts for you to connect to. Mm -hmm. And you just can't do it all here. I knew that. So about three days later, I was working a promotion. What, so when you work for a sports team, a lot of times you do these extra jobs where you promote the team and your face and a spokesperson. And it's gotcha. actually great if you want to grow in your skill, your, you know, speaking and, skills. Yeah. It can be, it can be a little intimidating because they're, you know, high level celebrities and things. So I said a promotion and I had told the Lord three days prior, I surrender everything. Like it's no longer two different worlds. Like the Christian girl, but then the girl with the dance dreams. It's just me and you, God. I, I'll go wherever you go. And I also said, Lord, I will tell anyone about you wherever I go. And so just really a recommitment to evangelism for me, because that was where I started out with Dance Dance was a tool right. for that. So I was actually assigned that day to drive a golf cart for a celebrity. And they said, we can't tell you who it is, but you must not say a word for the entire day. And I knew at that point, oh, I'm going to say not only one word, but I'm going to, I'm supposed to witness to this person. <laughs> I love it. Because God is setting me up. You know, God is exactly. like, hey, who will you serve? I mean, it was almost like I sort of fell in love with God more than ever this day because he was almost having fun. Like, oh, you said you'd tell anyone, right? Let's see. <laughs> so I, I was just cracking up like this. The Lord is, is he's funny. He's funny. Mm -hmm. um, so it ended up being, I mean, it sounds like I'm making this up. It ended up being Michael Jordan. Wow. That day. Cool. And I, yeah, isn't that funny? Uh -huh. And so I drove him around and I just let the Holy Spirit speak when he wanted to speak. And mm -hmm. it was a personal conversation that, that God knows. But what happened was I realized God is fun. He's funny. He's adventurous. And he can connect you and use you in ways that you could never imagine if you surrender your gifts so and your good. life. And so instead of being really impressed that I met Michael Jordan, I was actually extremely nervous and would have never wanted to talk to him. And I'm a terrible driver. So me even driving anyone is an awful idea. <laughs> like I was just hoping I didn't pop a wheelie on a curb, you know, uh -huh. so it's nothing in my flesh would have wanted that. But the Lord said, I have so much in store for you. Now that you've finally surrendered, we can start 
going on some adventures. So it was really his way of speaking specifically to me, the girl that doubted that he's wild and fun and adventurous, that he has got so many plans for my life. And so that was the beginning of me understanding his will is so much more fun than my striving. That's so cool. So any other, I just love that about how God just does things that you're like, that's too funny. I love it. It's just so <laughs> funny. A sense of humor a little bit. <laughs> so I'm curious, were there any other highlights from your kind of professional dance career and kind of before you moved into more of the teaching and mentorship side of things? Yeah. Well, after college, I was just so blessed to marry my high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And we dated throughout high school, but we went our separate ways during college because, you know, I grew up with a single mom and I was going to be a career lady like her. And I really didn't have marriage or kids even on my radar. I know that sounds really strange to some women that they're, they plan that out, you know, but for me, I didn't see it. So I was yeah. just sort of yeah. planning on being the career girl and pursuing like my dance dreams, of course. And thank goodness, you know, I had really surrendered myself and my husband's name is Josh. We got back together, reconnected, and we just knew this was God's plan for our life. So I taught dance in the beginning few stages of, of our marriage, and I just taught at some really incredible studios. And once again, always mentoring girls, always had a box where girls could leave me notes, always checking in prayer requests, because it's just how I was taught that dance is for the heart. So that was always a part of my teaching method. But my husband said to me one day, you've got to go to either New York or LA, you've got to dance professionally just because you'll regret it if you don't go for it. Like, I really think you should just see what God has for you. So yeah, we couldn't do the concrete jungle. We're like nature people. So yeah. <laughs> we, we had to do Los Angeles. We would have never survived in New York, not enough <laughs> national parks and hiking trails and things like that. Right. So living in LA was just an amazing experience as a believer, just to see for someone that grew up in the Bible Belt, to see that everyone there is authentic. So if you really are going to walk in faith and walk set apart, you really have to do it in a way that will be very different from those around you. And so it was a great way to really learn how to practice my values and really to make a list of what my values are, because you're offered so many jobs with dance. If you don't have a list of values that you can check off, I mean, practically to see, can I be this person while doing this job? Then, um, you're not really walking, you know, in alignment yeah, yeah. with scripture. So it was really challenged my husband and I both to say, Hey, who does God want us to be? And instead of being so frou-frou spiritual, like how do we practically walk that out with just our, the job choices we take with mm. how we interact with our neighbors, how generous are we? How much do we open up our homes? It was just our growing season to really learn how to be set apart. So I'm so grateful for that season. And I did some really fun projects. I met the most beautiful people. And I would say once again, like the achievements are great, but the journey of just being an artist and having rehearsals in our home, we rented the top level of a house Uh somehow that we we met a couple that was from North Carolina and we're from North Carolina. And so they just said, rent the top floor of our house. And I was able to do a huge wall of mirrors that I think I found on like you know, Craigslist or marketplace is just this divine drop from the Lord. And I was able to even teach out of my house and hold rehearsals and just love on people, serve meals. Mm -hmm. It really felt like the Acts church. And I think no one would have realized that's what we were doing in LA because they thought, oh, they're just off living in LA now. 
but I feel like we became more consecrated and more like the church than ever because we really had to choose which world we'd live in. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's almost something that's happening maybe on a larger scale right now. The idea of it's not like as just culturally normal to <laughs> to be like yes. a Christian. So you kind of have to be like, okay, am I truly committed to this or not? You know, right. and I think that's a good thing in a way. It really ends up being good for us mm-hmm. just to decide who you'll serve, you know, and um, mm-hmm. even going to auditions and things, there were auditions I went to that I knew I couldn't truly take that job, but the Lord would still send me to the audition. And I thought, this is strange because my husband and I agreed if I got it, I would have to turn it down. Mm. But what would happen is I would see a girl get cut and I would get cut and the Lord would say, take her out to coffee Mm. or invite her over. And I realized that I was on mission in the dance community in a really, really difficult environment there. It's a really hard industry because you could shoot for five days on a movie and have your face appear for half a second Mm. on the screen. You know, you just, you're constantly dealing with rejection. You, you're rejected day after day at auditions. You rarely get get one, you know. Right. And when you do, you might not be uh, even on the front row of the film or the project. So it was just a great, it was tender ground for hearts. So I really was grateful, just learned how to be even more surrendered with, you know, even if it doesn't make sense, if the Lord tells you to go, you say yes. And um, there's probably a heart there waiting for you. Yes. That's so good. I think that'll speak to people right now. I'm <laughs> like, write that down. But just the idea of, you know, if he's telling us to go, even if it doesn't make sense, we go. Yeah. I think that's yeah. such a good reminder. Yeah. So I'd love to hear so after your season in LA, did you guys end up moving back? Cause I know now you are no longer in LA. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> so we, like I said, we met the most beautiful people there and I, I loved it there. And my husband sat me down one day and the Lord normally, you know how sometimes the Lord will speak to the wives before the husband. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I, we like to say the husband, my husband is the, at the wheel of the ship and I'm at the top, I'm the lookout. Nice. So sometimes I see the iceberg and he can move the ship and, and make sure that we, we don't um, crash. Nice. He's in charge of the wheel, but I do play the lookout sometimes. So um, the Lord didn't speak to me about this at all. And he told my husband, we're going to go on an 11 month mission trip to 11 countries. It was a program called the world race through yeah. adventures and mission heard of that. and a team of 60 people go. Uh-huh. Okay. And I had never heard of this. I was thinking of like the amazing race where people race yeah. and get the clues. I'm like, are you kidding? And he's <laughs> like, no, I really think the Lord wants us to be missionaries. And I just, I really didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I felt like that was for a monk or a saint. I just thought, how could God use me? And my husband said, we're just going to, we need to sell everything. Like we need to sell everything. So I waited and waited for confirmation from the Lord. And he really just asked me to submit and to honor my husband and to go. And as we were in our final stages of selling everything, truly cars, wedding gifts, just everything, Uh furniture, I, I really felt the delight of the Lord in knowing this was his plan. But I, what I told the Lord was dance is not like riding a bike. I mean, if you quit for a year and you're my age, you're kind of done. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> flexibility, I just, the muscle tone, I just, I had worked so hard. I was probably at my peak, like as far as just performance level. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to let it go. And I knew that it was the very thing the Lord wanted. 
So I was almost back to square one where I had to re-surrender that gift mm. in really a new way of just laying it down. And in my mind, I thought it was that was over for dance. I, and I just told the Lord, it was his. Thanks for the run. It was a fun run. Uh-huh. Um, and I really just thought, well, that's it. I will yeah. never dance again. And as we went to 11 different countries, there would be someone that would approach our team and say, does anyone have the gift of dance? Like it would, I would never seek it out, but it would come to me. We even in Thailand ran into a friend that had a ministry and these were like side ministries I was doing outside of our scheduled mission work. We would run into people that had dance opportunities or just needed someone to connect because you didn't always have a translator, but dance is a universal language that I could use to minister. And then I would occasionally have a translator come with me as well to to speak truth, but I could use the Christian songs in their language Mm. that they understood. So it was just this incredible tool. Even one time I taught a flash mob for a church in uh, Moldova that wanted to attract people in the city to their church. I mean, just really uh, fun ways to use dance. And even um, in some trafficking areas in Thailand in the red light district, was smuggled in and able to provide just like some dance therapy opportunity for young women. Wow. And so the way I was using dance living in East Hollywood, all of a sudden just faded in comparison to being on this adventure of using dance to truly touch hearts. And I realized, wow, God gave dance back to me in the most beautiful way. Yeah. You know, for anyone that has great training, you know, I believe he used that training to draw people to him, not to me. And it was a very different way of me seeing him use that excellence that I admired so much and was striving for. And he used it in a way that brought him the glory this time. Mm, And that was so much more satisfying for for my heart. Yes. And what an experience. Like, wow, that definitely would be life-changing for sure. And just seeing, I think that's so cool how creative God is and how he can use dance in so many different ways, you yeah. know, from the audition in LA, being able to connect with someone to being able to just like do dance therapy kind of mm-hmm. stuff and movement therapy. That's mm-hmm. incredible. So when did, I know you are now leading something called Gen Move or Generation yes. Movement that you founded. And I'm curious, when did that sort of dream yes. come about? And then do you want to just share with everyone that's listening what it is and kind of the heart behind it? Absolutely. Well, when we came back from that missions trip, we actually came back pregnant with the greatest gift oh. of our life. And so that was my firstborn son, Canyon. His name is Canyon, like the Grand Canyon. Love it. And the Lord was speaking to us about the depth and the width and the breadth, the height, the depth of his love, that verse in Ephesians. And so we, when the Lord was speaking to that, we both pictured like a canyon because we're, like I said, we're outdoorsy mm-hmm. people. We love to hike. And so we, we just knew God was telling us to name this baby Canyon. And so he is my oldest. He's eight. And then we also have a little girl who's six named Ella Hope. And they have shaped us like nothing else has. And so they are just the joy of our lives. We're a homeschool family. And so we have a lot of time to disciple them. And so we just love doing life. We love doing Sabbath on Fridays. And I've taught dance here and there. You know, it's always stays in your life, but it changes and you love it. But as you get older, you're like, am I going to have to let it go? How does it stay with me? And through the 
pandemic in 2020, I was teaching dance over Zoom to these precious girls. And I just realized how much I love them and how much I wish I had time to pour more and like disciple them in the same way that I am able to pour truth into my kids. I thought I want to pour truth into them and there's just not enough time Mm -hmm. in a dance class to just speak truth over them. And not everyone wants that in the dance class, right? You only sign up for dance. (laughs) So I wanted to offer something to the families that wanted that. There, There were many families that desired that mentorship for their children. And so I created Generation Movement. It's just a really beautiful dance mentorship program that trains, builds, and equips girls 6th through 12th grade. And we use dance classes of multiple styles. So with that eclectic training I have, I change styles all the time with them. So it might be hip hop or jazz or contemporary. Um, They're constantly learning a new challenge. Mm -hmm. And then we also study scripture. And then I equip them with a life skill each season. So this season we're studying integrity. Nice. It's just been amazing to give them just simple ways to practically walk out scripture and to learn about integrity. And in 11 weeks, you know, they're able to truly just develop into new young women with with a higher level of confidence, just because sometimes you're echoing what parents are already teaching them. Mm -hmm. But it's just like that big sister feel or that auntie that is saying, yes, this is true. And we just love to encourage them in their original design that Mm -hmm. God's design for their life is truly the best design and where they'll find their greatest joy. Yeah, that's so cool. And so do you have it set up kind of in like fall semester, spring semester, or like session, I guess, Mm -hmm. and then a spring session, that kind of thing? Yes, we have 11 week seasons in the spring and in the fall. And that way, if anyone does a sport, or if anyone just doesn't want the big commitment of a year long dance studio, especially with all the fees of recitals, I I remember um, how hard that was for my family. They can do this. And some of them may find they want to dance more seriously after our program, and then they do enroll in studios. So it's just a great on ramp for that. And I have great, great relationships with the dance studios here. And I'm constantly, you know, recommending them to kids, but we have some kids that just want to stay and continue to grow in a different life skill. Mm -hmm. And this is the right fit for them. So it's really great for everybody, beginners to experienced dancers. Yes. And I love your heart for homeschooling as well and your, your children. And I love that this kind of works in tandem with that really nicely. It sounds like it really does. You know, being a dance teacher, it's late nights and you miss a lot of tucking in and kisses at night. And um, this is just in this season of life works so well for me to still be a part of nighttime activities and sports for my kids too. Yeah, I love that. So first off, I guess I think it's so cool, just the flexibility with homeschooling. And I know you said y'all are outdoors people. So do you guys like to do like going out and learning in fun places and uh, stuff like that. We are those people. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> we are those people. We um well I mean I I had such a stereotypical view of homeschool. You know, I I thought I'd have to start wearing a jean skirt, a long mm-hmm. jean skirt and you know, dress a certain way and drab and boring and I realize no homeschoolers are the most creative people you'll ever meet you know Mm -hmm. they're wild and free and they're whoever god made them to be maybe that is a long jean skirt right (laughs) i don't know who they have to be be, right like who they want to be and so we do a lot of outdoor activities we were able to do a three-week road trip in an rv with my mom my mom has an rv and so we went out west we did the big five national parks in utah and my son named canyon saw the grand canyon 
And he's such a man, young man of integrity. He brought his workbook and I told him he had to finish before we got to the Grand Canyon, his last day of school. So he got up early and had his workbook out on a picnic table while I was still asleep in the RV. And I saw him finish, finish his last page of math on his own. Aww. Just like, I'm going to keep my word to my mom. <laughs> That's so sweet. I love that. So just absolute, you know, just epic boy that keeps his word. Love him so much. But we really have fun just making it our own. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. I love that. I have some siblings that are homeschooling right now, their kids, and it's it's just fun watching and friends as well and seeing kind of just the variety and how you can tailor it to the needs of each child too, which is really, really special. Yeah. So as far as being you know, a dancer and a mom, just curious kind of what that dynamic is like for you. Obviously you found, sounds like a, a pretty good rhythm in this season, but I feel like, you know, you were saying it's kind of like, Oh, am I going to have to give this up completely? Or right. yeah, do you want to talk about that processing that you had to go through? Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my passions is to encourage artists, young artists to have families, you know, just to encourage them that, Though two are not in competition with each other, being a mother and being an artist, they only have complemented each other in my life. And I learned, you know, from the get go, God made me creative. So therefore, when I'm mother, I'm creative. Like when my babies were in the bathtub, I was in there with a bathing suit blowing bubbles over them. And we were coming up with all kinds of games. And I mean, that's just who I am. I'm hands on. I'm going to make it as fun as possible. It's yes. not going to be boring. Because <laughs> I don't want to be bored. I like to be. Exactly. I like adventure, you know? Uh-huh. And I realized it's just the way you were made. And, you know, if you're an artist, you're going to creatively cook. You're going to creatively mother. You're just never going to have to lose what God has put in you. You know, and so even after having littles and being in that diaper stage, I was still choreographing for dance studios and even collegiate national teams, you know. And so I was choreographing, coming up with moves. Even my kids would come to the studio with me and I would be inspired by a little spin they did. And I turned it into a little contemporary jump and roll to the ground. And I was truly being inspired and bringing them into the process. And they actually were so blessed by seeing me work hard on something. They didn't feel neglected. They, all the lies, all the mom guilt we have, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just not true. They, they were actually inspired to work harder on their little things. And they would tell me, look how hard I worked in this because they saw you working hard on that dance, you know, and that just was so good to see your kids like seeing you have a life outside of them because it tells them they can dream big too. Right. Yeah. Just to know that we can be so fulfilled as a family, but we can also be fulfilled as an artist was just such a great revelation for me. I think I believe the lie that, you know, they competed with each other, but, but they really don't. And I would have to say like, marry a great person that supports you as an artist too, because my husband, he can just do it all. He can handle a dinner. He can handle a put down. And so he blesses me in that way. And I bless him and his gifts in that same way. Like go run after your thing. I'll hold down the fort, you know, that it's teamwork and yeah. Helping support each other. Teamwork. Yeah. Yes. And we love it. And we bring the kids into any project we're working on. We say, Hey, like we're a team and this is what we're working on. You know, we always want them to know Mm -hmm. what's going on. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Cause I think 
that really can speak to so many people that are listening right now. And whether they're currently in a season of parenting or maybe in the future, you know, like you said, it's just good to kind of try to like get rid of that lie that that's not possible or yeah, that they're in competition with each other. So absolutely. I I would just say motherhood has been the greatest gift you know, kids keep you accountable for how you're living. And they, they've kept me dreaming. I want them to see me dream big so that they will. So, so I love that. And you mentioned choreography and I know that's a major part of what you're doing these days. So I would love to hear kind of your process as a choreographer and maybe like, what's your favorite part of choreographing? Yeah, well, actually just, I'm still choreographing in very different styles. So, I mean, I recently worked with Wake Forest collegiate dance team and did like a fun, um, almost musical theater type routine for them to the greatest showman. And um, that was so much fun because I mean, I, I share my testimony everywhere I go to. So I mean, Mm. if we're taking you into a space, I just say invite him there and ask him how to invade any space, you know, even more secular like environments, you get to choose the music normally. So you get to like transform the environment and really even teams that move in different ways, you can say, Hey, I want you to move athletic today because I want to see what your body can do like creatively and athletically, even if they're used to dancing in a different way, you get to like turn the movement towards a specific goal. So I really like to encourage girls to view themselves as athletes because I did come from a background where I did the whole NBA thing. And sometimes we can just get used to, it's almost a lack of creativity. Sometimes we do the same old moves here and there, and there's just so much more Mm. available to us. So I like to constantly just say, Hey, I view you as an athlete and I'm going to push you, you know, I'm going to give you maybe a new way you've never moved today. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. That's so cool. And I love the idea of wherever God takes us that we can be able to, you know, invite him there. I mean, he's already there, but inviting him in and then that that can just totally shift the atmosphere. It's so, so cool. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I like to ask everyone that comes on the show, is there something that you'd like to share with other artists right now? Yeah, I would say it's never too late. I don't know if you have any dancers that are certain ages, but I'm definitely, I'm not at 40 yet, but I'll say I'm getting very close. Mm-hmm. And I think in my mind, dance kind of is gone at that point, but I, I really feel I'm just getting started now. And I'm actually grew up. I don't know. I'm sure you're connected to Ballet Magnificat. Yeah. Yeah. I went to their intensive when I was like 15. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty well known. So I grew up, we would house the girls in my house um, when they were in town because probably being associated with the studio where I danced, the Christian studio. But I mean, I remember watching them and just thinking, wow, they're living the dream. And, you know, they were older, but they weren't anywhere near the age I am now. Mm-hmm. But so was, I was always inspired by just the dancers that kept going. And I remember meeting Kathy Thibodeau and like, she's a legend yeah. for longevity. For real, <laughs> You know, she's just, she's incredible. And I would say like, the Lord has so many plans for you. You, you really can incorporate dance into your life and just to never, never give up. It may change the way it looks like Now I'm working with more beginner level. And that was really a new transition for me because I'd been in a really advanced setting. But the way that I'm able to connect with these hearts is just so rewarding. So I would just say never be beneath anything, never be above anything. Just say yes and let God 
seriously do the rest. He will open the doors. He even had a family tithing to us as we were building this program. Um, and he had challenged us in, in radical generosity a few months prior, and it didn't make sense because we thought we might need that to build this mm. program. But he wanted to constantly just say, hey, let's do it my way. And he'll bring the people you need to continue to do the work he's called you to. That's so beautiful. Yes. Such a good encouragement for everybody today. And just for a fun question to sort of wrap us up today, what is one of your favorite things right now? And that could literally be anything. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm really into tzatziki sauce. I don't know if you're a big Greek. Yeah, I've gotten more into it. I'm really into, we shop at Costco. They've got this frozen lamb, like gyro meat. And so my family and I, we have been doing these big Greek, like major Greek nights, cooking out all this fun food. And just, we, we do Sabbath on Friday. So we just love to cook. We love to, we love to celebrate anything. So we've just really been going in on this, the fun food, cooking a lot. My, my son's studying a lot of different countries. So we're trying food from like every fun. country right now. Yeah. That's so just cool. having a blast with that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and actually that makes me want to ask you one more question, which is about Sabbath. So I know you mentioned it earlier as well. Yeah. I'd love to hear what does that look like for your family? Yeah. I've heard, you know, different people talk about it, but I would, I'm just curious to hear how y'all do you Sabbath. Yeah. Well, that's a great question because people do it so differently mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Like you've, I've got my friends that are making the challah bread and just doing it by the book. And you know, we've done that, but we've really, one of my favorite things is we cover the clocks. Mm. So we cover the clocks physically. We'll put tape over our clocks because my husband's a big scheduler person. I'm the free spirit. He's the one that keeps me on the ground. So keeps me (laughs) on time and things like Uh that. So, I mean, the clock, we can be sort of a slave to the clock. It's like bedtime, you know, we do things when it's time. So, you know, and it's, that's a great quality, but he's just loved learning to relax and not be a slave to the clock, but really just relax. We go to bed when we're tired on those nights. Every other night's pretty scheduled for us. We just, we do some special traditions at the table where we build each other up. We say blessings over our kids. We sometimes will do a Sabbath game night, but really for us, it's just guarding that night because life can get so overscheduled. And just sometimes we have to say no to things we want to do, but just showing our kids that they come first and that family comes first has been such a cool just practice for us in this season as it's probably one of our busiest seasons. Yeah, it hasn't felt like it because we guard that night. Mm. But definitely, yeah, I mean, covering the clocks and using paper plates always yes. because you can't do j- dishes. On <laughs> <laughs> so like we're, we do it very freely. Love it. And then sometimes it's more like traditionally what the Jewish people do, you know, but we really like sometimes we'll let our kids choose a theme they will choose the funniest stuff and we'll just go with it, you know, give them a chance to be in charge. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Just the idea of, you know, we're resting, we're taking a break from the usual routine and the usual, like you said, structure and things like that. And just like being together. I love that. How have you seen that shift things for you? Have you always practiced Sabbath throughout your life or is this pretty new? Oh no, this is super new. Probably within the last year and a half, maybe year and a half we started and we did a little bit of a move out to the country. Mm -hmm. So we are now surrounded by more land and you sort of can't hustle when you live out in the country (laughs) because you pretty much have to get that Costco grocery shop done really well once a month. And you can't just run to target when you forget this or that. 
And so it's just been this new season of planning more to rest more. So Sabbath is really planning in order to start your week from rest. It really, you have to be intentional or it's, it's gone before you know it, right? Like you plan to rest and just the idea of beginning your week that way, as opposed to crash and burning on the weekend. But like, this is the start of our week Mm -hmm. and we start from rest. It's just made us intentional everywhere else. Mm, So cool. Yes. That inspires me to want to incorporate that more into our lives as well. That is so good. Yeah. And there's a book, if you're interested in diving in, it's called Keeping Sabbath Holy, but it's spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y, like holy. Okay. You might love that. Yes, I will definitely look that up and I can post it in the show notes as well if anyone else that's listening is like resonating as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Becca, this has just been such a gift to get to chat with you today. And I know for everyone that's listening as well. And I would love to let people know where they can connect with you as well as your work as a choreographer and with Jen Move if they happen to be in the area where you guys are or just to support, which would be awesome as well. So yeah. what's the best way to do that? Well, Jen Move's website is www.jenmove.org. And we have a support button. If anyone is interested in providing a scholarship of any amount, we actually were able to award five scholarships in our first season. So that is just something I hope to do every single season. Um, they're just some girls that I hope nothing would stop them from experiencing the chance to grow in this way. So you can click support if you're interested in that. And truly you could support us through prayer would mean the world to me just over these precious girls' hearts. And I have a choreography page. It's my name, BeccaSpurgeonChoreography.com. And that is where if anyone needs choreography, like a simple master class, anywhere from contemporary to hip hop, and jazz or like even more of a mentorship style masterclass where we study scripture and, you know, declare scripture through dance. I do that as well. Awesome. Yes. Well, definitely hope that people will connect in and look more into what you're doing. Cause I feel like this is so cool. And I, I hope it spreads to like just the idea of kind of the incorporating mentorship with our dance classes and things like that and workshops. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great point because we actually, everywhere we send our kids, those people are mentoring them, even though we don't realize it. You know, the T-ball coach is mentoring my daughter right now. The way he responds when the ball hits him in the face, the word that comes out of his mouth, it's mentoring her, you know? So anyone in a position of leadership they truly are just choose them carefully and wisely. And yeah, they they have a really powerful role in your child's life. Yeah. So well said. Well, thank you so much again, Becca, for coming on the podcast. You're amazing. And I'm so glad we got to meet today. Oh, you are amazing. And I looked through all of the amazing faces on your podcast and it's such a precious tribe of just truly familiar names and faces. And so I'm just really honored to see just all of the the beautiful artists that are using their gifts for the kingdom. Yes. So fun to see that, isn't it? Like just seeing the, yeah. <laughs> the different things that are happening around the world. And I, I don't think I was, I'm still not probably even seeing like the beginning of it, but just it's incredible yeah. seeing what God's doing and so many creative things that are happening simultaneously. And I'm like, this is amazing. So yes. <laughs> it's really Keep fun going. getting the Keep going, Rachel. Yes, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just love that conversation with Becca, and I hope it was an encouragement to you today. You can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, 
creativeimpactpodcast.com. If this show has impacted you, I invite you to share the show with a friend. That really is the best way to spread the word about this podcast. And if you have a couple minutes to spare and want to go above and beyond, if you would be willing to rate and review the show wherever you're listening, that would be so incredible. And if you're interested in helping to financially support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon community at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The patrons of the show really help to make this podcast possible, and they get extra bonus content every single month. We'd love to have you join. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been faithfully listening every single week, thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends. 